Welcome, everyone, to our official kickoff of Season 3. This is Rami, and I want to thank you for hanging in there with us while we worked to prepare some episodes ahead of time. We have about 20 good episodes lined up for you this season, and hopefully we're going to have a few more. And today, we're starting off with a bang. You'll meet Brandon and Amanda Neely, the owners of Overflow Coffee Bar in Chicago's South Loop. They share some candid thoughts on overcoming fears, such as public speaking and perfectionism, along with great ideas for community and customer engagement. They even have some of their definitions of ethical sourcing and why free is not okay. <laughs> Stay tuned until the end to listen to a great Detroit artist, Astray, and his song, Dance With You. So before we get rolling, let's see what Jensen has to share with us about some of the urban legends around the history of coffee in our episode's Fun Fuel. Hey guys, this is Jensen with your Fun Fuel for this week's episode. This week I'm going to be talking about the history behind coffee. Now no one knows exactly how or when coffee was discovered, though there are many legends about it. Now I'm going to tell you one of those legends. Now coffee can be traced back centuries to the Ethiopian plateau where there are ancient coffee forests there. There, legend says that the goat herder Kaldi first discovered the potential of the coffee beans. The story goes that Kaldi discovered coffee after he noticed his goats, after eating the berries from a certain tree, became so energetic that they did not want to sleep at night. Kaldi then reported his findings to the local monastery who made a drink with the berries and found that it kept them alert through the long hours of the evening prayer. The abbot shared his discovery with other monks at the monastery and the knowledge of the energizing berries began to spread. As word moved east and coffee reached the Arabian Peninsula, it began a journey which would bring these beans across the globe. This is Jensen and this was your fun fuel for this week's episode. Enjoy the show. Well, thanks, Jensen. Just when you think you know a lot about coffee. <laughs> Goodness. Well, you guys ready? Let's drop in on my conversation with Brandon and Amanda Neely. So welcome, Amanda and Brandon, to Bonfires of Social Enterprise. Hi. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you guys. We, we met, what, like, Maybe two or three years ago when I was in Chicago. I think it was three three years ago. Yeah, I've been following your progress. And you were, um, you'd been open at that point, I think about a year or a year and a half. Yeah, we've been open uh, about five and a half years now, so. Yeah, well, we should tell the listeners that you guys are married and <laughs> running this, running uh, not just the coffee shop, Overflow Coffee, but we're going to hear today about a ton of cool things that you guys have in the works. So let's anchor um, everyone that doesn't know you right now about Overflow Coffee. So what is Overflow Coffee right now for Chicago? So Overflow Coffee Bar is, the, um, I would say, the third place uh we we call that the third place where you would go as like home uh work and then you go somewhere else like your grandma's house or something um and we wanted to really create a third place in the south loop of chicago uh and that's where we came up with the idea of overflow 
um, building community. Um, and then also the reason we started a more of a social enterprise is ethical economics. Um, coffee is the second most widely traded commodity in the world and Americans, the number one consumer. And so as we were thinking about this years, years ago, we were like, we want to build community, but we also want to change the world for the better. And what better way to do that than buying ethical coffee. So, uh, bridging community building and ethical economics. And then we started uh, the idea of overflow coffee, uh, overflow coffee bar. And then uh, in the place where we're at, there's a whole lot of um, space around us, uh, which Amanda will share about, um, that we're housed in. So we're part of uh, a school that meets in the building or, or actually owns the building. And then there's a bunch of nonprofits that are here as well. So you've got some natural traffic there. And just for those who don't know, would you guys mind giving some definition to what ethical coffee means? Let me jump in on that one. So the way that coffee normally happens still has a lot of roots from imperialism and slavery. And a lot of the coffee farmers that grow what you might typically find in a grocery store are uh, paid very unfairly for the labor that they do. What we do with our um, ethically traded coffee is we actually have more of a direct trade relationship with the farmers. And the, our roaster, his name's Tim Taylor, he goes directly to work with the coffee farmers. And then he imports, uh, or he arranges the export and the import of the coffee and then roasts it and then we get it the next day. So we have, we know the whole process of what happened with the coffee and everything. And we know for sure how much he paid those farmers. And typically it's at least 25% more than the fair trade rate. Um, so it's even better than what uh, you might know as fair trade certified coffee. And that money is going directly into the farmer's hands rather than, um, you know, all these different middlemen in between. And you're not really sure how much the farmer made. So there's all of those checks and balances in the system, and we can know for sure like um, who that farmer is, what they were paid, and that they're um, they're be being able to provide for their family. Plus, a lot of those same farmers use um, organic um, processes for growing their coffee too. You know, they don't use pesticides and uh, you know different things like that. So we know that it's going to be good for the environment as well. And so you guys really have built a community there. What are some of the things that you found um, using this coffee sourcing and the coffee bar? How do you feel that that's helped start to create this community? Um, well, first we started knowing our neighbors. Um, and then South Loop is a uh, fairly new neighborhood. People tend to think, oh, it's a South Loop. Um, so therefore there's a lot of businesses, thriving businesses, and all that. Um, it, it was the fastest growing neighborhood in 2007. Uh, then the recession hit, and uh, everything kind of tanked. Um, and so it's still kind of recovering. Um, and, but so there's a lot of uh, people moving here, but there's not a lot of businesses here. Uh, one of the things that we learned as we were developing overflow uh, and learning, uh, they always said, oh, well, you need to connect to chambers of commerce. You need to um, connect to those organizations that have been there for a long time. Uh, 
the challenge for us is there is no chamber of commerce um, for the South Loop um, because there was no South Loop actually huh. a few years prior. Um, and so we saw this as a challenge of how do we grow our business? How do we develop this? And so when you think about grassroots doing something from the grassroots, um, we were like, well, let's connect business leaders and, and um, all that stuff. And so we, uh, over the course of time, uh, accidentally started a, um, a chamber of commerce in the South Loop. Um, we call it the South Loop Business Exchange that we were uh, helping to lead, um, start, and now we've actually just last month uh, set up a board and um, we're able to successfully hand off the presidency to another business uh, owner in the South Loop, which was uh, really, really encouraging and seeing where community was built um, and where we uh, are seeing not just um, our friends coming in and customers, but we're developing a um, relationship of commerce around the, the neighborhood. Well, that's great. There's there's something special about even having a meeting place sometimes. Yes, and and seeing like um, as I meet my some of my customers, um, they're they have their passions and their dreams, and as they're working here, I am able to connect them to other people who are in similar industries or similar passions, and that's been really cool to see over the past five years. I know you guys do some interesting things too. When I was there about three years ago, you guys were doing some really fun things with sticky notes. You're probably way beyond that, but I've never forgotten that because I thought, gosh, these guys really um, give people that are in and around there all different kinds of ways to opt in and engage at the level that they want to do. And I just think thought that was such an interesting way to keep everyone connected. Yeah, and the the sticky note idea that was. Uh like Amanda is always a very, very thoughtful in her um, language. And so she would come up with a question. Um, how, how do you, exp um, how do you define poverty is like one of our questions. Uh, and then people would respond with the sticky notes of their definition of poverty. Uh, and so that was really cool to see uh, our customers interact on that scale. So, because I feel that that makes you different and I feel like it keeps people in, in your place, especially when there isn't um, a street full of other businesses that they would, it's not a destination place other than it might be convenience in the neighborhood. But Amanda, what, um, what other things like that have worked well for you guys to keep your customers and, well, I'd say beyond customers, sort of these relationships engaged? Yeah, there's been so many things, um, you know, starting at a customer level, it's definitely like taking the time to talk to each person. It's not just what's your order, you know, like, but what, uh, how are is your day going? And, you know, uh, having a longer dialogue that way, um, not just accepting fine as an answer, but, um, you know, 
talking more than just about the weather and politics a little, or maybe a little politics, but not too much. Um, and then we've been blogging since way before we even opened, uh, you know, like just help build that community before we even had a physical space that we were going to be in and doing some events too. And now we're actually taking a lot of what we learned and we started a new website overflowyourpossibility.com where we're uh, reaching out to anybody who speaks English or can read English or can use a Google translator and sharing a lot of the things that we've learned that way and hoping that we can um, as they engage with that content we can also help those people that are engaging there engage with each other too so that's um, now that we've got five years under our belt we're starting to um, reach reach out further and figure out how do we take the things that we've learned in our message of ethical economics and community building and share that with um, like-minded people all around the world. Well, that's great. You're, you're hitting on uh, one of the things that always comes up and you guys five years in, um, it's important to talk about the profit thing. Brandon and I um, dialogued about a little bit about it before this interview and um, it's something that I've always said, you know, getting into when social enterprise kind of became a thing and we named it that uh, some years ago. Um, one of the thoughts I always had, and I, I always thought, gosh, I'm, I kind of have a bent because I came out of financial planning. But um, I was like, man, one of the first uh, things about sustainability is being able to keep your doors open. You can deliver all kinds of social impact, but you got to have an opportunity to keep it going. And so you got to have a positive cash flow. And early on, I'd say, you know, seven, eight years ago, when this started to become hot topics conversation, when I'd say that people looked at me as if I was had some sort of level of evil or something like, oh, how dare she say profit, you know, like, and I'd be like, well, you know, I was just like, how are we going to keep this going long term? And um, now, is starting to be uh, a good idea and I'm so thankful. <laughs> well, I think that's uh, a big thing like for us is we came into this um, and, and as younger entrepreneurs come into this, um, we come in idealistic and we have our, our business plan and we're like, oh yeah, it's going to be perfect to that business plan. And then life happens and you realize, um, like for us, we had Mariano's that came up right next door from, to us. And, you know, we can't compete with them. Um, but we have other things that we really built into our DNA, the people on planet that really helped us to be able to um, take it to this level. But um, we also, the profit part, it was really, really scary in that season because we weren't really thinking about that as much. Um, and so having all three of those things um, did help us, but it really helped us to um, be, uh, I guess, more knowing our numbers, knowing um, how we can overcome things. Um, that was one of those challenges that we had to face. So I would actually add on to what Brandon's saying. That's how we felt when we just had our head down in our business, focused on things. We were so discouraged. How are we going to actually make this work? Um, 
we had this idea that if it's not profitable, it's not sustainable. So we have to work, you know, really hard to make it profitable. And until we get there, are, you know, we're not uh, ready to let up on pushing the gas pedal. And then after our five-year anniversary, we started looking around at the social enterprises around us and talking to other people that knew where they were at in terms of profitability and sustainability. And we realized we actually have a ton to be proud of. We got a program-related investment after being open for a year, that, and that really helped us um, get all of the different loans that we had to take, you know, consolidated and at a lower interest. And we've never missed a payment paying that back. And we're almost, um, you know, we're seven months from paying it back in full. And we found out that a lot of social enterprises, those program-related investments, you know, are supposed to be a low-interest loan, but it turns into a grant and they never get paid back. So for us to have paid it almost all the way back and never missed a payment, we have a lot to be proud of. That means we're a lot more sustainable or profitable than we thought we were when we look at comparable other social enterprises around us. So, and even just to make it five years is a big accomplishment as well. I'll say, yeah, well, and well done on that. And uh, for the listeners who aren't familiar with uh, PRI, or program-related investment, typically that comes from foundations when they are, um, some foundations are willing to make um, an investment that's related to their social programming or their missional programming in their foundation. And then if it doesn't work out, um, then they can turn it into a grant just for those that are unfamiliar with it. And uh, they're really intended to be uh, investments into for-profit social ventures. So yeah, that's incredible. And the five-year mark is, um, that's a real milestone. <laughs> I mean, I don't think people realize what a milestone that is, specifically in a bigger city where some of the costs are higher for rent, um, even, you know, so there's all kinds of challenges in every place in the world, but um, sometimes in the bigger U.S. cities, the expenses are a bit higher, and it's a big deal. Well, congratulations. Let's, uh, there's so many things I'd love to ask you about, but I want to make sure I, um, we get kind of some of the essence I had in mind about um, you guys, you guys as thought leaders are moving way beyond. Um, what did you say, Brandon Baristas behind the bar? Could could we talk about some of this transitioning you're doing now? Yeah. So, um, so a lot of times people they they this is this is how we work as individuals. We like to label people, and when we say, "Hey, how's it going?" and and what do you do? You know. So we, as soon as we meet somebody, we find out they're a doctor and then we put them in the box, uh, which is good uh, in some aspects, but also it can be challenging, especially when you're, um, you're not just, I'm not just a barista or, or the owner of a coffee shop. I'm a, a, a whole person and that's part of uh, each entrepreneur that starts. And so we're stepping into uh, being coaches and uh, creating uh, courses and, and things like that uh, to help, um, people in the social enterprise world because uh, we might not be in the same industry, but a lot of our challenges are the same and a lot of our, uh, maybe the lack of community or, or people who don't um, understand um, what it means to uh, not being able to pay your bills or, you know, things like that. Um, from a business side, we want to help foster and create 
more chances of success than more chances of failure. Uh, and so that's kind of where we're leading into helping uh, use what we've learned to uh, mobilize other people uh, to make a, a bigger impact. Whether it's in Chicago, I'd love to do it uh, through um, the Chicago area, um, but all around the world, like we're a interconnected world. How do we help um, each other succeed in that? Does that make sense? Yeah, so the format is going to be um, online coaching or how? Yeah, so we'll be doing some, uh, I'd say uh, we're going to work on creating a, a course soon um, that will come out probably in January. Um, and then uh, the the great thing in our time and place in the world right now is uh, the technology that we have, that we can connect with anybody via like you and I over the over uh, headphones and, and a computer. Um, we can build relationships um, through the technology and really uh, be there with somebody and not sometimes be present. I do think there's an importance of being physically present. That's why we have a brick and mortar spot um, that I think is super, super key. But also um, when we are in our business, we don't have time to necessarily um, go to a meeting that takes, you know, an hour plus travel time and all the other stuff. And then you, you, you don't build that. So um, we want to help foster those kind of relationships through maybe masterminds, um, those kind of things um, and leverage the, the resources and the, the, the um, relationships we've built over the past few years. Yeah. And so the goal would be uh, to perhaps encourage others what would be the overall goal and your target audience sounds like it would be other social enterprises. So I'm really passionate um, as a passionate kind of person that I believe that if people were able to really figure out what their passion is and how to pursue that passion in a, a way that really gives them life, that they're actually going to change the world and make it better for everybody that's here. So for some people, that'll look like starting a social enterprise. For other people, that might look like volunteering for a nonprofit. Um, for other people, that might look like working for a big corporation, um, but being able to connect that in with their passion. And that's really the journey that we went on um, starting about 10 years ago. We were trying to figure out, like, how do we take what we really, really love to do and what gives us life and create, you know, and, like, do that all as much as possible and that's what actually led us on this journey towards starting overflow coffee bar and that's still what's leading us forward in this journey toward um, helping inspire and teach others and so that's what it like really boils down to and because we're social entrepreneurs we think we might naturally attract people who are social entrepreneurs but really it couldn't be anybody who really really can't imagine living their life without accomplishing what they're passionate about and doing that with as much time as possible and so for some people that might mean they get to change a couple hours a week during this season of their life but then they're able to really do you know, full time after, you know, they quote unquote retire, you know, or for other people, it might mean that they, you know, go on a big journey like us and leave the, 
um, comfort of a cubicle and um, start our own, start their own business. And you know, um, we we don't want to say that nobody. Uh, we we want to say that everybody can do their passion, and we really believe that doing that is actually what's going to make the world a better place. So we want to be able to empower, you know, mom, stay-at-home moms to do that or stay-at-home dads and people who are, quote-unquote, retired from, you know, uh, a regular job um, and college students and everybody in between. Wow. So that's, so it sounds like there's going to potentially be some consulting in there as well. Well, so the big thing about what um, we had, so I'm a millennial. I'm not going to, I'll just put that out there. Um, and the big thing about us millennials is that we don't like to be told what to do. We like to be asked questions that help us figure it out on our own. And with the right questions, it's way better than just telling us what to do and we get the same result. So that's actually why we learned about coaching and we actually became certified as coaches and coaching is all about asking the right questions and so we don't want to we don't want to necessarily just be consultants because um, that's more like telling somebody what to do um, we'd rather give people some resources help ask the right questions and really like internalize and bring those passions out from within and send them to places where they can gain knowledge but then ask the questions to help make that knowledge real in their lives and uh, those kind of things so that's why we that's why we're talking about coaching instead of consulting oh i love it i love it that was a great synopsis <laughs> i love it empowering people you can see why you guys do well at your overflow coffee bar <laughs> All right. So you're really shifting. I, I always think of this. I was I was telling uh, Brandon this before we got started is that um, it is true that sometimes social entrepreneurs can get, can get labeled and there's always more going on. There's always more connecting and ripple effect stuff going on in the communities. In this case, it's a it's it's coffee. Is, is sort of the center point for a season and it looks like you're going to now move into more of a coaching and online presence which is great and i'm a fan of the technology obviously i mean if we have it let's let's not argue about it let's use it for good you know so i think this is a great next step because it's really in your wheelhouse you've already been doing this everywhere you go what are some of the big big plans what would you love to see when you let yourself dream big well i would love to see um as we um, launch overflow your possibility that we're able to um, help empower like tons and tons of people and see cities transformed um, because of the hard work that we've put in like the five years and some of the sacrifices that it wasn't maybe sometimes you feel oh that's for nothing but but there are, are challenges that we are able to help uh, the younger entrepreneurs that listen to this or, or people who want to affect um, change the world through their passions um, that they don't have to go through some of the same challenges we did. They will have challenges. Uh, they're just going to be different challenges. Um, and, and that's something that I'm really excited about. I would love to see um, in the future that we have um, multiple overflows um, that is not off the table for sure. Um, but we're taking one step at a time. So um, there's a whole lot we would love to do. We just want to be kind of listening uh, to our, our, our 
hearts or relationships and then uh, the people around us and then taking that next step. Um, and as we see the, the, the next step and the, as we move through that forest, we can see a little bit further. Um, so where that takes us, I got no idea, but um, I'm ready for the journey. So. <laughs> Well, as uh, you guys know, and I know, whether you're a social business or a regular business or you're attempting uh, any of the above, there's always some part and some point along the timeline or multiple points along the timeline that you run into something that you've got to address within yourself. And it's usually some sort of fear coming out that needs to go. It shouldn't be there anyway, but it really helps to have community in times like that, just as simple sometimes as a, you can do it, you can do it, because that person, in effect, we all have to do it ourselves, we all, all have to take those steps of courage, sometimes when we don't feel brave, but, uh, but sometimes just knowing that there's other folks that are there encouraging you, or you've got a place to go, or someone might feel, feel it a little bit, it helps. Yeah. And I, I think for us, like um, one example for me is like public speaking. Uh, I was just talking to Amanda about this yesterday that um, I hated public speaking and was very, um, I guess, not very good at it. Um, and then over the course of doing this for a few years, you know, your elevator pitch and you say it a bunch and, and now um we've done speeches in front of people and, and maybe even like um, talks at our church and things like that um, where it's become easier, but I had to start somewhere, uh, had to learn the craft and get better at it. And not that I'm ever going to be there, um, but it's a, at least a step and, and embracing your fears. Yeah. Right. How about for you, Amanda? Is there something that you've had to tackle? Well, there's so many things. I'm trying to pick which one. <laughs> uh, probably the biggest thing for me is that I'm a perfectionist, and sometimes perfectionism can really hold uh, me back from, you know, pushing the publish button um, uh, or being ready to move forward with a new product or, you know, a, a bunch of different things. And so I've really had to be okay with um, putting, you know, putting together something that's really rough and pretty horrible to start with, and then being willing to share that with people, and then um, rather than just keep it to myself until it's perfect. Um, and I, it turns out that we usually end up with something even better when we've involved more people in it. And I was willing to share it even before it was good, when it was still really bad. Yeah, that's such a good word. Boy, that's a word of encouragement for everyone there because you'll never really get it to the place where you're in love with it. And it raises it's our products and our services and our, our output, if you will, I find reaches a place of maturity where it feels good to most people. And then, then you can grow something else. It reminds me of gardening in some ways, <laughs> but it's, yeah. Well, and also you, you'll have your customers and there will be people who, I, I mean, I remember this was our first year and we were, Amanda and I were working behind the bar the whole time. Uh, we had no staff really and someone wrote a Yelp review that we had to be open 
from 11, no, till 11 at night, we had, we needed more um, decor and things like that. And, um, and I'm writing this review saying, man, I wish I could. I just, we just don't, we, we, we're going to kill ourselves doing this. But anyway, the guy kept coming in and, um, and I knew who he was because he was using his credit card, which is the same as the Yelp review. And so I had talked to him and said, um, you know, I, I, I saw your Yelp review. I hope we're, we're getting better. And, and here's some of the reasons that some of the things I want to do. Um, and, uh, and I had shared like, it's, it's me and my wife. We're here all the time. Uh, we want to be open for the long haul. Um, and so we can't be open till 11 at night every night because uh, that will kill us. And, um, and he had told me that he was a, a business major and uh, I had shared with him and said, well, so then, you know, as a business major, you start with little, little hours and then you expand. You don't start with everything and then take away. Uh, and so we've seen our, our growth expand over time and uh, even the decor in the coffee shop to our knowledge. Um, but we start with what we know and you'll get the Yelp reviewers who are going to tell you, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. Um, but I know where I want to go and we do what we can and then we take it a little step further. Um, but also sharing with them, uh, actually I do, I do know that. Uh, and I'm working on it. And so that's your dialogue with your customers or audience is, is really important. Yeah. And I find people like to be part of the journey. Uh, they like to know what's happening. They like to see when you make an improvement because they somehow feel like they become your family when they're with you from the beginning. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's what's fun is we have so much family around here. Uh, and, and like when we had our five-year party, uh, in April, that was a transition for us when people were like, oh, you are experts. You are thought leaders in this. And we're like, oh, we, really? We are? And we had a hundred of our closest friends and, and family and customers um, meeting friends and family, meeting our customers uh, in, in the space where we were sharing our five-year uh, celebration. And, and just the excitement in the room, the, the, uh, the chamber of commerce had just launched, uh, and it was just super encouraging and just to look around that room was, was powerful. Uh, and then saying, Oh, well, look at, look at this. And then having more confidence in yourself. Like a lot of times, um, when you start your own thing, you don't have as much confidence, um, or, uh, you feel like you don't know a lot, um, but over time, uh, owning those little things that come easy to you uh, to help others. And I think uh, over time, I don't know if you find this, eventually you realize everybody else doesn't really have it figured out either. Like every, everyone's oh, yeah. doing, the, doing the same thing. It's just, you know. They say fake it till you make it. And uh, half half the time, like as a as a owner of this business, I'm just like, I, I I don't know, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, we'll figure it out. You know, and they call my staff will call me for challenges or problems. And I'm like, 
what am I going to do? But no. So. <laughs> yeah, no idea. You're right. Well, I'm glad we talked about the whole fear thing. It's so funny because uh, it, it happens all the time. I got to admit, uh, many people, many of our listeners know that was me with this podcast. I, mean, I was terrified. Sometimes I was still, I'm still terrified to do it, but I just keep doing it. And now I'm, I wouldn't say I'm not uh, all the way comfortable, but I'm more comfortable than I was. <laughs> so we're gone it's gone i'm glad to be yeah and you just just do it and you know over time you're like oh well nothing nothing zapped me right <laughs> i'm still alive right <laughs> all right well really good well this is great stuff you guys you guys have done a tremendous job with that coffee bar there and you've inspired so many i have a feeling you've you've inspired far more folks than even show up to your celebrations especially building networks and all of those things that, in my opinion, lay the foundation for bigger platforms and more scale. So um, I love that you're doing things differently. I love it that you're thoughtful about it. Um, and you guys are incredibly talented. You guys, even though you're, uh, you're careful about it, you really are probably putting the work of seven out because you're thoughtful. <laughs> but just I, would, you. I would say that's definitely Amanda. She's uh, the more of the thoughtful leader for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, I'm an eight on the Enneagram. Uh, she has to pull me back a lot. If you know anything about the Enneagram. It's, I don't actually. Uh, it's a great personality test. That's in our uh, thing that we're um, releasing um, uh, part of our course, but um, the Enneagram, I end up, getting myself in a lot of trouble because of my personality oh okay and she's the reserved one and more of the thoughtful one and i'm like oh i shouldn't have said that okay <laughs> end up agreeing to a few too many things sometimes uh yeah sometimes or just putting my mouth uh my foot in my mouth um you know things like that <laughs> okay well, i'm a big proponent of justice <laughs> and uh sometimes that is is not a very political thing right you know anyway right right okay well before we give um everyone a chance of where to reach you on your social media and that would you guys mind talking about some of the things you've been posting about no, it's not free or free zone. We'll, we'll leave our listeners with uh, maybe one tip from you guys that you're already putting out on social media about it's not free or it doesn't need to be free, something like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, nothing in life is free. Uh, I actually wrote that one. Um, so, so the idea for what I've been thinking about is um, we, we live in a culture of um, getting it free and, and cheap. Uh, everything is free and as cheap as possible. Um, I call it uh, the somewhat the Walmart effect, uh, where we want it uh, as as little um, of, of an expense to us as possible. Um, and this nothing in life is free idea is that over time with the Walmart effect, we've gotten rid of our general stores, we've gotten rid of our local economy, uh, and we've We've in the process given our jobs to other countries, um, so that way the businesses can compete with that. Um, and, and we wonder what happened to us and, and why are we in this state that we're in. Um, and and my, my big thought is what we water grows. Like if we want 
um, local economy to succeed, we need to water the local economy. We need to water the businesses that are in place there. Um, not asking, can I get it cheaper? Can I get it um, as the lowest cost to me? Because in the end, it's going to cost us way more than we think. Um, and and so for us in stepping into this uh, thing through the coffee shop, it's been more of um, really um, – watering this idea of local economy of supporting other businesses um, realizing that it may cost us on the short end but in the long end it's going to be so many better rewards um, and so that's what i've been thinking about a lot of of um, free is not good for us um, so so the next time you go and you um, get that free sample or you get a really cheap um, cheap cup of coffee or cheap uh, thing, uh, just think about who, who paid for this. Was it me? Did the consumer or, or the consumer, did the store pay for it? Was it the producer? Uh, someone paid for it. Um, so really, how do we have a fair system all the way across? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Amanda, do you have anything you'd want to add to that? I think Brandon did a good job up on his soapbox. <laughs> you saw a little bit of what he was saying about the Enneagram and being an eight um, with, with that little uh, rant there. Um, but it just shows, you know, when you're passionate about something and, uh, you know, it's okay to go on some rants sometimes. And those rants actually help build community and get to know people better. Like everyone, um, will either love what Brandon just said or hate what Brandon just said. And that's actually, that can be a great thing um, to really be passionate about something and um, not be just holding the status quo all the time or being, a, you know, um, in the middle. Um, I'm a little more um, afraid sometimes to say what I think. And Brandon helps push me in that kind of way too, mm -hmm. to make sure that I'm uh, sharing my opinions. Um, I still use this spoonful of sugar sometimes when I share most of the time when I share my opinions and that I think that's a good way to go about it too um but I do go on my rant sometimes about the things I really believe in yeah well good I think sometimes uh part of the problem is people don't speak up sometimes even though it appears as right now in the news a lot of people are speaking maybe a little too loudly on some subjects but I find often more often than that it's people want to have a way to say something and, and don't know how or don't voice their voice what needs to be said. And there's always a running truth for everybody. And someone else's truth might not match that another person's, but it doesn't mean that's not their, their truth. And um, fortunately, we live in a country where we're able to speak our truth. So yeah. Um, and the, the big thing I would say is that listening is the other side of that. To have a conversation, you have to, you know, have both sides. And Brandon's actually a really good listener as well. And, and I think I am too. And I think that's why we've been so successful at building community is because we're willing to share what we really think, but we're also willing to really listen and understand what someone else is, where they're coming from too. Um, and I think Brandon was going to say something else. Yeah, I was also thinking about like um, one of one of the um, taglines we've been using a lot lately, and we even made bags through it. Is um, it's a hashtag Small Matters, 
um, the idea is that small, the small things you do matter. And we could be on our soapbox and we can talk all day long, but it's the really small things we do over time, whether it's um, developing relationships with our family to uh, how we spend our money to um, where we where we spend our time, the small things we do matter. Uh, we saw this, I would say, in the election when we thought, well, you know, it's not going to matter with uh, small town America or the rural places. Um, but we saw uh, small matters, like those things matter, um, both positive and negative, wherever you land on it. Um, we have to look at those things that we do and the everyday moments matter uh, and how we spend our money and how we spend our time and, and the little steps towards our passion, uh, those things matter. Um, uh -huh. And start listening to other people in that process. Yeah, that's a good word. That's a good word for us to close on right there. <laughs> Keep listening, everyone. And uh, well, so how uh, would ever anyone reach you guys? Uh, maybe give us for your Overflow Coffee Bar, but you're also your new coaching business. Yeah, so we're at overflowyourpossibility.com. You could also, we're big fans of social media, especially Twitter. You can find it, Brandon, at overflowbrandon, and you can tweet me at overflowamanda. And uh, we'll tweet you back. We'll follow you back. Um, we'd love to start a dialogue there on Twitter, and you could also subscribe to our blog on the overflowyourpossibility.com site. And then we have the coffee shop uh, at Overflow Coffee Bar. You can find that on Facebook uh, and Twitter as well. And then we're at 16th and State in Chicago. So if you're ever on vacation here, uh, I know a lot of people um, from Detroit come this way as well. Um, so uh, come on by, um, look for us. Uh, we're here almost all the time. So trying to leave a little more to work on um, overflow your possibility at home so so we can actually focus on it. But um, if you come in the morning, you'll find us for sure. <laughs> oh, that's great, you guys. Well, thanks again for being on the Bonfires of Social Enterprise, and we'll catch back up with you guys. Awesome. Thanks for, thanks having, for us. having us. A big shout out and thanks to Amanda and Brandon. You guys are really rocking it out. It's wonderful. I love how they openly talk about overcoming fears and not trying to please everyone. It's incredibly important to stay true to yourself out there in social enterprise land. Well, it's that time to close out a song with a Detroit artist. Now this is artist Astray with his song, Dance With You. Until next time, keep those bonfires of social enterprise burning. I wanna dance with you. Don't answer me
Shorty sitting over there with no one Face looking like she ain't having no fun So I made my advance, asked do you got a man? She said no and I ain't looking for one You got me all wrong girl I just really like this song girl Can I have this dance? Baby take a chance Grab my hand and come along girl Pour some drink in your cup right now Turn your frown upside down Whole club going up right now Let's step in the name of love right I now I wanna dance with you Forget about the world falling in trance with you Hold your body close and put my As we look each other eye to eye No way we can hide the vibe Got sparks like the 4th of July I love it when you dance like that on me I love it when you back up that on me When I saw you, you looked so sweet Forget about the world falling a trance with you